This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcasts. I'm Jacob. Morning! And I'm here with Christian. Spoiler warning! Martin. I don't have an intro. And Emily. Hello. <laughs> Perfect. Very good. This week, it's the end, but the moment has been prepared for with Tom Baker's Regeneration, Logopolis, and the final episode of Classic Who, Sylvester McCoy's Survival. Obviously, spoilers for these two episodes and other things, but not spoilers for any of my enemy of my enemy. I thought you were about to and, say that, to be fair, Jacob. Well, what, I've done there, your voice. <laughs> what I've done there is both subverted expectations and it means you can't talk about it because it's Honestly, everyone's spoiler. I was kind of expecting it. And also, like, let's be honest, there'll be spoilers for everything. You even briefed us beforehand that we can talk about anything. So, uh, I hate well, you. Then. I don't think most people know what enemy of my enemy actually is at this point. They just hear us mention it every now and again and go with it. You say now and again. I mean, it won us an award. So I haven't I'll been. Uh, I haven't been in a podcast for a month now. I kept missing Kusok for one reason or another. So it really is every now and again. You haven't, but uh, could you do me a favour now? You're back and shut up so we can keep going. A bit rude yeah, from the, the president. Oh yes. <laughs> to start with Logopolis, the fourth Doctor and Adric, while trying to fix the TARDIS chameleon circuit, come across some tiny whiny shenanigans with the TARDIS forcing them to travel to Logopolis, the mathematical centre of the universe. In the process, they pick up Tegan, an air stewardess from Earth, really and run back to Heathrow. And running to Nyssa from Keeper of Traken. Now her father has been killed and her body taken over by returning character, the Master. Now, I put this one on the schedule because it was the end. I wanted something dramatic. And I'm not saying I regret that choice. But... It's not great. I don't know if you got something dramatic out of this. I'm not going to lie. I give you a hot take. I enjoyed Logopolis as much as Survival. Uh, Look, here's the thing. It's revolution all over again. So I was I really like like Survival. Don't get me wrong. I love Series 26. But also, I couldn't understand what was happening because Cosby was too pixelated. So... When I was prepping, when I was prepping the episodes yesterday before Cosme, I like, uh, when I prepped them, I skipped through the episodes to make sure the files prepared correctly. And like, I was skipping through the Logopolis episodes. And I was like, oh my God, I remember how bloody boring this is now. And it was just the worst. I was just not mentally prepared to have to watch that again. It's terrible, but for a final episode, it's not great. Well, it's, I, it's so boring. <laughs> I mean, what I did wonder was, I mean, we've talked about Baker in season 18 and his acting or sort of lack thereof. And I oh, wondered yeah. in his final episode, would he pick it up and come no. out with a bang? And he, yeah, he kind of doesn't. No, he doesn't care. He Look, continues Baker to stare was into the so board. burnt out by the end of his tenure, like you can just tell. Um, there are, in my opinion, like three eras of Tom Baker. There may be more, but like, I think classically, I've always, always said it was like three in my head. Um, there's a starting of his era where they're really getting to grips with what they want to do again because you have that with every Doctor. And right. he's probably, but he's tackling various things. You know, Ark in, uh, Ark in Space or whatever was... Um, 
that's quite a thrillery episode with um, the Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the women walk backwards, right? That's when it falls out onto Harry. But that's like the first part. <laughs> then Tom Baker gets into his role and realizes how like good he is in the role and how much everyone loves him. So we get really lots of wacky episodes and like really high quality stuff. He gets a bit too big for his boots at points, in my opinion. It kind of just becomes Tom Baker waddling around the universe, which people do love for a reason. And then we have this part of Tom Baker's era where he's really starting to get burnt out. Like the e-space stuff gives him a nice new reboot of the character where he gets to be a bit darker. But then we get into this stuff post-Romana and it's just like, no one's trying. I'll be honest with you, like this was my second Fourth Doctor episode um, because I only saw Ark in Space. And I was kind of disappointed, not gonna lie. Because I have seen like, clips of four stuff even though I haven't watched it properly and um like I was honestly a bit disappointed watching him here because I've seen like his like funky yeah, there's there are so many better fourth doctor stories out there well you put this on the schedule well no but it's it's because it's a classic regeneration story so the regeneration story of the doctor where if you don't know classic doctor who most of the time you will tout that fourth doctor is the classic doctor um James last year so we couldn't do that again and case Vangrazani <laughs> And we didn't have room for Planet of the Spiders. And on oh, principle, what the Christian Channel cool. last adventure. Planet. We couldn't attend Planet. Oh, planet would have been great. But we wouldn't have gotten survival that way. But Planet would have just... Look, next year, I'm still on the exec. I'll, I'll get it done. And I'm leaving. Yep. Good riddance. Just because you're isolating, it won't stop me coming over. <laughs> Okay, let's... That's spoilers. They're not supposed to know that. By the time this comes out, you probably won't be anymore anyway. So Yeah, let's be honest. I'm done on Friday. I'll get it released early just to prove a point. <laughs> okay, so we have... The show does something very interesting and goes... It's Baker's final episode. We're going to introduce two new companions. So not only do you have Tegan's first appearance, you've got Nissa's reappearance. How does that work as both... As an introduction, or just structurally Nissa, choosing that time. Nissa makes a little sense because, I mean, the master is now her father, or vice versa, and uh, you know she's been brought there to try and find out what's happened to her dad, and then realise, oh, he's killed him and now mm. taken over him. And actually, I'm glad they still continue that because in Castrovalva they do have a couple of scenes between Nissa and the master where Nissa oh. is just like, how it's dare also you? Castrovalva. I mean. The rest of the episode is great, but Nissa is all right. <laughs> I mean, the War Master, you got the War Master coming out soon. Nissa is that, and I really hope that they use that Jacoby against Nissa to um, wow, challenge the idea. You said you weren't going to revenge me for Valley de Chem, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Anyway, I actually quite like Keegan in this, I will say. Um, I think that like sh- her being introduced here adds like a bit of excitement and dynamic to this episode because, like you said, like everyone's kind of a bit drained. So at least her like a new fresh start gives the episode like something. I quite like Tegan. Like, okay, my opinion on Tegan is in the show. Um, she's a hard character to get around sometimes because she's the companion that goes along begrudgingly, and quite often you can perceive her as someone who doesn't actually want to do anything. That's not really Tiga's character. Tiga's character is just like 
she has parts where she's quite comedic and like really engaged and there are parts where she's really resolved to not enjoying traveling and part of that is because she generally just wants to get back to Heathrow uh, yeah. and then there's the resurrection stuff which you know is really important um, that's my favorite bit of Tegan to be honest all the yeah but like scenes, especially I don't know I don't know how much I like Tegan because of a character and how much I like Tegan because of Janet Fielding and Peter Davison uh, squabbling at each other, literally in a recording studio, throwing insults at each other so much so that, Le- so that Louise Jameson is concerned that they're actually friends, not just uh, <laughs> enemies. Like, I love those two. And I love Janet Fielding's, like, her Twitter handle is Mouth on Legs because that's what everyone called her and she accepted that. Like, I love her i don't know if part of me loving tegan is that because sometimes she does get on my nerves but i also like i respect why her character is the way it is like her aunt got killed by the master um and she just had to suddenly deal with that before being taken on an adventure she didn't want to go on hmm. it's she also, like, i know she's annoying like always wanting to go back but she's also kind of better ask the questions and to like prod the doctor to kind of like exposition she's your audience identification because yeah. it's not nissa and it's certainly not adric yeah adric's asking questions well no the adric was the doctor who nerd insert of the fourth doctor era like that was what he represented yeah. just in all the worst of ways hmm. i mean, just i'm gonna throw this society complains about adric we sure do see a lot of his episodes to complain about it. Any of those episodes, thank you very much. I was also not here for this. If we hadn't hadn't shown this, I wouldn't know the trivia that during the regeneration scene, Tom Baker turned to Adric's actor and said, Adric, you're and you always will be. And yes, that cough did start with a C. That's Matthew Waterhouse for you. (laughs) Imagine if Adric was Chibnall. Oh my God. That means I think he actually might be. Let's not lie. Huh. I don't know. He shares it's a trait with criminal characters. He wasn't straight and he died. Have we seen them in the same room as each other? I don't think so. It is like, just in all, Legopolis just lacks, and I complained about this multiple times yesterday, it lacks any sort of tension or urgency. Um, yeah. But generally, the plot of Legopolis is that the universe is being ended by an entropy plague, basically, or an entropy plague. What type rather. of entropy? Oh, I guess Boltzmann entropy is the second one. Yeah. Shut up, your degree's over. I just wanted well, to make a physics joke. <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like, we're supposed to care about this, but there's just no agency in any of the actors. The first it's episode is mostly TARDIS corridors. The second episode is still mostly TARDIS corridors before we finally get to Log- uh, Logopolis. And then Logopolis itself is just really boring wasteland. Uh, don't talk about the rocks in this way. <laughs> they literally filmed both these finale episodes in a quarry. Can I just say though, right? When all the rocks are literally falling on them and it's like collapsing, they're all just walking through. Like, who cares? Like, just. Tegan had one about. good moment. Tegan had one really good moment where she got uh where she got the monitor into the back room and she went to him. Oh, back on Earth, we call this a sweatshop, and that was like <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, it did come from nowhere though to be honest yeah I mean I, I still really like Nissa's sort of I know it was sort of sudden and then kind of dismissed immediately but I really like Nissa's I can't see Trafin anymore and it actually have emotion at it no like that's generally devastating I wish uh, the yeah, Nissa and Tegan stuff had been focused yeah. on more they did just dismiss it immediately by Adric going oh never mind that let's go back to the universe now well yeah it's um the first 
regeneration story. Oh first God, it was an old ever. no anyway bit. No, Adric, Adric went, uh, <laughs> never mind that. So let's see if we can redirect the entropy plague onto uh, Kent. <laughs> oh, Tom. But yeah, it's the first regeneration story that introduces a universal threat. It doesn't really do much with it. Just like, quarter of the universe has been destroyed. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, because... It's but, quite literally, as Martin said, it's it oh, is, no, anyway. oh no. Anyway. Like, none of the other regeneration stories were universal threats. Well, the Sixes was, but that doesn't count because it's Big Finish who wrote that. Like, and it's happened that, after the fact. Would you yeah. say that this episode actually tries to, um, like, have a message of, like, technology versus people run? No. Technology is better than us anyway, so... It's just kind of... I'm not going to sit and solve a bunch of maths when a computer can do it for me. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I... Your degree. I'm mostly computing next year. Yeah, same. Half of my degree is computing next year. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, I, I finished my degree, so it's now, um, what's the word, useless. Yeah, but what? Yeah, you didn't do any maths. You're going to be sat in Middlesbrough for a year, Jacob. Like, you can't really so. talk here. I don't live in Middlesbrough. I live near it. Yeah, it's bad enough. Close you enough. can see it. Oh, it's, it's worse. Like, you know, you're on the outskirts of this, uh, this. Oh, wait, can we talk about the five people I killed in Mills- Middlesbrough? Because you killed in Middlesbrough. An audio this year, obviously, oh, this oh, week, okay. in fact. I, I got um, confused for a minute. It was I think he crazy. did as well. I don't think he quite knows where he is. Let's just let Grandad sit down and we'll move on with the podcast. Is that all right with you? I thought we we're allowed to talk about audio dramas, Jacob. It's one you're no. interested in as well. How are you shutting this down? <laughs> Fun. Let's move on to talk about briefly. Anthony Ainley. It's his first proper outing as the master after his little cameo in Tracken. Did anyone find his like Shakespeare costume a bit jarring in this episode? I mean, I find his sort of sense of humor. He just keeps laughing in this episode. He's just so happy. Well, it's the first the, the attempt. The first two parts. The only bits he, of dialogue he has is. <laughs> Which is the fair, first that's the same time. with survival. <laughs> Well, that's a different thing we'll get on to that but this is the f- uh, like kissing he's also he's literally insane that one but this is the first time they try and actually portray the master as manic rather than your more composed Delgado I'm not or even sure Beavis, if I'd call him manic just yet not yeah not full John Sim no not even really Amy survival, survival to be fair like I don't think I'd call him manic I I, I feel like we were trying to separate themselves from Delgado, but still be close enough to Delgado. Like his outfit choices weren't Delgado per se, but he was wearing, you know, all black for the most part. And like they were still taking, yeah, they were still taking inspirations from Delgado, not to stray too far from what was the only interpretation at the time, and still, you know, one of the most iconic interpretations of the Master. It was. I've never been that fond of Amy as a Master. Um, but I feel I like maybe he doesn't work as good with with uh, Tom Baker's Doctor as other ones. Like, I, I mean, think yeah, he he's been written basically for Peter Davison, though, right? Yeah. Like that's him, what him he and Davison around. just click so quickly. And... But it, it is the in- instrument for having them team up, however brief it is. Yeah, but that's happened the before. As well. Like the two teams. Yeah, I know that's new. We've yeah, discussed I mean, the homosexuality of Delgado and Pertwee. We've gone through that. Like, but it is a very nice cliffhanger that's happened. Shake hands on part three. Yeah, it zoom in good as it gets, really. I mean, it was it was like it was fine. Like we've seen better executions of a master and Doctor team up only for the master to betray him classically. But once again, the issue I have <laughs> is that, time. like the issue I have is that the acting had no agency. 
like I didn't feel like these characters were that bothered by what was happening, so I didn't feel invested. Wasn't bothered about what's happening. You know, like like Master (laughs) goes into Legopolis, messes up Legopolis, and then it's like, oh my god, I messed everything up, and then it's just like we don't even get time to sit on what his original plan even was. Yeah, they don't even resolve it. It's just like they don't. What was actually the point? And then, and then all of a sudden, everything's fixed. Yeah. Can I just say, Emily, just to pick you up on something, the master doesn't stab the doctor in the back during World of a Time. She stabs himself in the back, and then he shoots her in the back. That's the point. Ah, uh, but I said World of a so Time, not the Doctor Force, Jacob. <laughs> she doesn't betray him in World of a Time. She stands with himself for uh, like thirty seconds. A weird sentence. She's yeah, I himself. love. Uh, I love the. Uh, oh, I've been very, very careful about it. It's quite fun to be honest. <laughs> I love it. I think this is the main reason Jacob wants to talk about it. To be honest, is he's getting the opportunity. It's a good dialogue. Anyway, back to Tracy and Oberman writing five people I killed in Middlesbrough. Anyway, uh, back <laughs> to um, Tom Baker's generation. As they go falling off a satellite dish, I mean, it's just so ten literally boring. jumps off a plane and survives while yeah. this guy, look, this there is Tom Baker's ghost well, giving up a will to live. Jumps off a high place, lands like kind of cripples himself, and then it's fine. You know, Capaldi jumping into a woman who fell to earth died. sure would have been over a lot faster if death was this easy. It's just but she like, had energy. Yeah, she's still regenerating. For such an iconic doctor, it was a very lame way to go. <laughs> well, yeah, because like he was also like grabbing onto a support frame that he yeah. could have just easily nested on. Yeah, and he's, he's just like, like nah. nah. <laughs> 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 oh my god. He could have done so much better. I know Tom Baker didn't care, but at least the writers should have cared. No, the one kudos is one thing like you don't see this in New Who because of spoilers and the press. In mm. Classic Who, at least we always got to see regeneration scenes happen outside. And I miss that. Like yeah, you don't, you don't get non-tidal regeneration scenes anymore because it, the press are just rabid. They will figure it. But out. you know what though? Like you still could have them like out and about on a set, like on a set, even if you can't have them in the real world. Yeah, I mean John Simms would almost pull it off until the BBC I spotted mean, it. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. But I mean, it can be like in a set, a studio though, surely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not outside. Like, I want it outside. Like, the studio could be made to seem outside. Like, you know... You That's what I mean. Like, in, like, a yeah. scene or, like, in a different building that isn't the TARDIS or something. I'm sure the TARDIS would appreciate... I do miss outdoor outside. regeneration scenes. They are nice to have some they, variety. They almost did with World Enough in Time, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the closest you're going to get. I mean, they could have easily done it in Twice One Time, to be fair, because they were, like, in the snowy set. Like, it would have been great. But, uh, but you know... We have to pretend twice upon a time doesn't exist now, which is a shame. <laughs> Whatever you say about Falls of Generation, I do, it's final words, not Adric Europe, not those ones. But um, it's the end, but the moment's been prepared for. I mean, you can't, you can't not quote it, really. What exactly is The Watcher doing here? The Watcher is just... Don't even add. The Watcher was uh, an, an extra deus ex machina to get the plot moving because they didn't actually know how to move the plot along. <laughs> Uh, there's some wiki plot. stuff, <laughs> but um, honestly, the Watcher is just another rogue element that's like, what on earth is going on here? Don't you talk about next? What's the number take you're doing walking around in the background of this episode? Basically, some time lords happen at times. There's the evidence that it's in Planet of the Spiders as well for that other time lord. Yeah, some time lords have them. Sometime it's so convincing as a plot point, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, but let's leave Tom Baker or Please. I suppose Peter Davidson there and yeah, move on to survival. <laughs> they did leave him there. They literally left him on the ground underneath a satellite thing. Yeah, leaving him there. So in survival, you have the seventh doctor and eight return to Perryvale, in which people are going missing, being taken to the plant of the cheetah people to be hunted, and also the masters there having been possessed by the influence of the planet that's making everyone go all savage. I love survival so much. This is honestly, it's, it's maybe one of my new favorite classic ones. It's so good. Like it's it's so fast paced. The plot just moves with you. It's not empty of plot. Yeah, it had me from the moment McCoy like took a bunch of cat food from a shop. The owner comes out and says, "I think you've forgotten something." No, the doc says, "I think you've forgotten something." The shop owner goes, "Money." He's like, "No, it wasn't that." And just leaves. <laughs> when so he's like, like put the cat food on the ground and he's hiding in the bush. Well, you can, like, this it's is what I'm here for. You can see how you went from... I mean, this has been said a thousand times, but you can see how it went from survival to Rose. Some of that dialogue, you can almost hear Russell C. Davies going, yes, that sounds good. It's just like, like... It is just a modern-era episode with classic-era production I mean, values, really. The whole series was that. Well, yeah, that's like, season 26. 26 that's is that more than others, it being grounded in that suburban setting. I mean, I've gone on about season 26 enough times about why it Oh, works. have you now? How oh, I have. You do that. Brilliant, Jacob. I'll go on about it again. <laughs> you know, you quickly we back on a podcast about every single one. So of them. anyway, Tracy Ann Oberman, <laughs> she basically wrote a political commentary about Brexit and it was fantastic. <laughs> and then she wrote then, it as Yvonne Hartman, which was even better. And then what happened was about 30 years prior, <laughs> there was the plans of the Cheetah people in yes. an episode called Survival. That was also political commentary for something I'm pretty sure. Season 26 is full. I think it's I think it's called Lesbians, Christian. Oh my god. It's just so gay. Like it's just kidding. It is um it? Wait, of all the episodes to show live, this wasn't the one. If I'd known some of the details, I would not have chosen it. Yeah, I mean you were DMing me. We were having a great time. Let's not discuss those <laughs> on public record, please. <laughs> I'll yell out, you want some of yours as well. So let's You can't just... come into my house, Jacob. I'm safe. I can say I've got what our I chat locks. Survival is pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the che- I mean, it has a concept of just kidnapping, but that's always funny. Again, I have a question about fun. survival, actually. Where, why are the horses there? Like, where do they come from exactly? You need something to hunt with, and you know, horses are quicker. But, like, them. why are they in that world? Were they like randomly transported I'd from like this to suburban town? I imagine they were taken there. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, parallel evolution. Maybe some like, people like become cheetah people, and then like the dogs just become horses instead because they yeah. aspire to be what horses. What about What's the you? actual cats then? <laughs> It's a cheetah world. We haven't really. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Emma, you're making the assumption that firstly that the planet's alive and connected to the cheetahs, so that's just another manifestation of the planet's life. And also, the assumption that I think many sci-fi writers make is that one planet will house <laughs> one species, and this one isn't doing that, and that's why it's confusing us all. And it's great. Like survival is so cool. We have the first episode set about half and half between. Um between um, Earth, Perivale, and the Cheetah World. So we have some setup about which characters are going to be present, like Ace's friends and all that sort of stuff. And the second episode is set entirely on the Cheetah World. And back on the third episode, we again get a bit of a half and half split. And it just flows so well. Like, no one is at any point bothered that the whole episode is set on the Cheetah World and we've abandoned Earth. It's like, it's just cool. Like, it works. 
pace, pacing works, characters work. The soundtrack is so fun. Multiple people commented on the soundtrack. Solos, the flutes, the random moments of music. Like Battlefield is quite uh, 80s and how it has like quite funky music. Not it's... gonna lie, I enjoy Battlefield so 4, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's because Battlefield is the best. Battlefield is my favorite of that season. Yeah, same. I can't believe Battlefield had the lowest ratings in all of Doctor Who. <laughs> Absolute robbery. It's such a great episode. <laughs> is that still true today or is that just classic stuff? Hmm? Um, you can't compare classic and new, to be honest. Uh, the metrics are way different. You know what I want to happen, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, you probably want to compare it to some Chibnall episode, but no. We're not yeah, I want Timeless Jug to be seen by three people, two of them me, and one brain injury. That's other like From the writer. I'm, I'm happy to say that I watched it live, just so that I say I actually watched Jacob's reaction to it. <laughs> that's well documented, let's not I'm happy to say again. I watched it live, I had a good time. Hey, it's one of my You watched it in the memories. SU. I remember this, you were preparing for a Lego Sock quiz and you watched it on your own. Yeah. yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed I it. I well, if it makes you feel that. better, our our viewing means that the uh, BBC is actually undercut by how many people really hey, watch yeah. the time. Oh, no, I, I jumped Wait, up. So up. we're all one person then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do we not exist in a hive mind? Yeah, yeah I've probably established yeah. this many times over at this point. To what, be does well. that, what do we think about the cheetah hive mind? <laughs> I was going to say this is my next tangent. They just care about hunting. Is it they're all, yeah, they're all converted <laughs> to that one base instinct. Like uh, as is uh, Lisa Bowerman, <laughs> oh, who's one of the Sheena people yeah. and Benny Summerfield in some audios and books. Books first, then tons of audios. Ben, there was mentioned... This is a time the, travel show, I'm learned, putting it in order. Now, now that we're on Benny, I learned yesterday that Big Finish were close to actually making uh, an actual movie for Benny slash TV show. Um and then it just never came to fruition. We'll go on live action bracket, but I've been so cool. They did, didn't they? There was a there was a film with um yeah, there was a film with Benny. Oh, we don't talk to about the home releases. Why would you do this? Fun. <laughs> Once again, fun. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> the home releases aren't canon in every respect. What do we uh, make of Ace's friends in this episode, do you think? Emily's trying so hard to bring this back on point each time. I'm blessed. Uh, they exist, they're fit. Next. But back oh, to Lisa yeah. Bowerman, because this is actually a point. You've got her <laughs> as the cheetah person uh, with Ace. And I said lesbians earlier, I did mean it. You've got the lesbian subtext between the two, and that's confirmed by the writer. Yeah. Just gonna she also said, she also said it was ruined because she didn't think that they'd be fully decked out in cheetah gear. She thought it would be like the eyes and maybe some whiskers. So you've got. Ace slightly <laughs> thirsting over just like a cheetah. Nothing wrong with that. We're not being critical in this podcast. <sighs> the guilty man always jumps to the defence, eh, Christian? Yeah. I don't call it guilty, thank you very much. Anyway, season 36 is the season for uh, By Ace Rights and like every episode, you know. Uh, every episode is a different love interest for Ace. Uh, so Battlefield has the girl, uh, thingy, Curse of Fenric has... I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Christian, you say that, all I can think of is uh, the Rani, because you say the girl, I'm like, leave the girl, it's the man I want. Yeah, in Antimatter, the audio, we actually get uh, we get a different character go, leave a man, it's the girl I want to, uh, to romance. That's the way you're trying to, like, promote, like, 
her relationships, and you're like, oh yeah, the girl thingy next. I don't remember the girl's name. I'm just giving the examples of them flipping between both um, gal and guy interest. Um, in fact, in season 26, there's only one guy interest and three gal interests. So they're really pushing uh, the lesbian ace rights as well there. And they really do go for it. Like the ending scene where Benny dies and has her human form again is like, it's not even subtle in how in your face it is over their like short-lived romance. The only reason, as Joseph said yesterday, the only reason that uh, they managed to get this through was by having Benny call uh, Ace her sister. Mm. <laughs> Which then makes it weird when that you makes it weirder. <laughs> Sorry. Basically, yeah, it's, it's basically throwing, house. getting a stone marked section 28 and chucking it in the other direction. <laughs> Preferably in Thatcher's face, but that's its own conversation. Other Thatcher episodes in, uh, in not just your audio drives, but you know, Happiness Patrol exists. How do we get to Thatcher? From fairy stuff. What? <laughs> think, no, that seems like the perfect lead on to me. <laughs> Surprising. What do you think she did with all that milk she stole? She's going to give it to a cat that she secretly. Where's that going? Okay. Yeah. I'm really concerned and scared right now. The cliffhanger to episode. Welcome two. to Who's Up Podcast. That's what I'll say. Cliffhanger to episode two, where Ace turns around, has glowing cheetah eyes. That's Whoa, that is great. That would have been good. Yeah, like if I could see it. But <laughs> Emily, stop complaining about the video quality. I mean, I couldn't. You had the fight. You want a bigger screen, so you had it worse. Yeah, like. So I I could tell from the music cues. And also the teeth, anyway. Yeah, the teeth. <laughs> All that stuff. Also, you were watching the football. Don't act like you were paying attention. I uh, not hey, at that point. I was watching football. <laughs> not you, you nerd. I meant Emily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> the football is at that heart point. Attack. Hold on. Hey, you're probably watching the highlights. I, I only missed the first works. episode. To be fair, I did skip watching the Goblins to say hi to a friend, so... I don't blame you. <laughs> I, it's I, a very I, long high. Was this world enough in time again? Well, no, I had to go see it. Least, uh... Besides, like, <laughs> I missed both goals in the football trying to go to Hoosock, so... Anyway, oh, survival. <laughs> yes, the cliffhanger is like, great. Yeah, Christian's like, stop. yeah, Christian's like, stop rambling, stay still. Oh, I love that clip. That if you ever, ever look up one of the best outtakes of all time, search up Sylvester McCoy, stay still. Where everyone starts running from the chili people and he just goes mad and dives into the sand. It's hilarious. I love him. <laughs> There's a bunch of swearing from that one, right? Yeah, it's bleeped, so we're fine. Um, stay still! Would you can stay still? You I idiot son of a many times I'm gonna tell you not to move. Jacob, move. Jacob, I've told you this before, but you can't do Scottish accents. I'm I sorry. wasn't trying to do the Scottish accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you like the good accent or the bad accent? <laughs> Anyway, positive uh, attitude <laughs> will help with the accent to come. So Amy's back. Um, yes, he is. Tangent here. Uh, and in this episode, he is manic, and it's actually lovely because he's not trying to control the plot. He is as desperate as everyone else. He oh, is yeah, trying he's just to get there back. Trying to well, very good at hiding it, and actually kind of nice. scared as well. Like he has no idea what's going on, and is kind of happy when the doctor turns up because he's like, "My hero. yeah," because his boyfriend's there. We've we've been over this much. Yeah, like. The episode wasn't a master trying to get the Doctor to the Cheetah Planet. The episode was the master trying to get out and finally found some humans to uh, basically put on a leash and ride through back to our world. 
Yeah, you got one... playing it like that. I have to say yeah. that. Yeah, you got one guy in a leather jacket went to approach some boxers in vests and... I did tell you about Jacob DM'd me yesterday, right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that was a line from you, so don't even start. I'm not saying I'm better, I'm just pointing it out. No, no, I'm deliberately not quoting mine. <laughs> but what would we say about, like, the, like, transitions between the planets then? I feel like it was pretty good, like, they thought they were trapped there, but they actually weren't. I think it really helped, like, travelling back. It gave some nice two. vibes about it being a parallel evolution, like, you know, it was meant to be, like, the savagery of Earth, the way it jumped back and forth in a way. Like, it was making its political commentary along the way of, like, if we fight like animals, we die like animals as we were jumping between the Earth and the cheetah planet, which was being destroyed because of their carelessness and their rashness. Because every episode has good political undertones in season 26. Dude, I didn't pick up on it that explicitly. It wasn't explicit, but, like, the undertones are there. like no, that's my point, is you've got that level of detail and you've gone into quite an answer after you've watched it multiple times, so it's more sunk in. But on that first watch, I didn't... I'm not saying it wasn't told effectively enough, because now you put it like back, it completely was. Like, they repeat but it wasn't being times. thrown in my face. No, they repeat multiple like. times. Like, it's survival of the fittest. Like, it's the motive from episode one. Um, and, and yeah, it is, it's there. Like, when you look at the episode, it's not just a really fun plot. They are actually telling a story there and trying to make you consider the Earth, basically. And then we get Jackie Tyler on the, on the Tyler estate. <laughs> like, yes. it is all, just Jackie. She's so young and With working-class and... accents of Jackie Tyler. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I mean, RTD watched that episode and he was like, this woman, I want her back. Let's give her a backstory. Oh dear. For context, it's not the same one. For anyone who maybe isn't quite following along, which I wouldn't be surprised at. And um, not until Big Finish do it. I don't know. I don't know how much in the writer's tale um, RTD talked about it, but Damaged Goods, um, his novel before. Not at all. Okay, so let's say get out on this podcast of all. Damaged Goods is. Damaged Goods is a book um, with the Seventh Doctor, Chris and Roz, that RTD wrote back in the 80s that got published under the Virgin New Adventures. Never mentioned it. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's really good as an audio adaptation. I highly recommend. Um, it's really dark. It's really quite classic RTD. Um, and it also has um, the setting being in a state with a single mum trying to take care of her kid. Um like he was writing his archetypes for series one right during this wilderness era and like basing stuff off uh, survival, obviously. And we'll see what he gets in mind of a Hodak later this year as well. Um, I quite but- appreciate um, like the humans that aren't involved in the Cheetah Planet, like being kind of an obstacle to the Seventh Doctor. Like I know we haven't really mentioned it, but like them like calling him out as being like a public menace. Oh yeah, like, the party content. Yeah, there and then really any set villain this episode, so like they needed these like obstacles. At the, point. Vill- the villain was a concept, and that's always very, very fun. Yeah, and it's but quite then, easy to have it. Yeah, and then as always, of course, it had to come to an end. You get the final monologue from McCoy, which was recorded separately once they knew the show was being cancelled. Recorded um, when the first episode went out, or the day after, which ended up being it was the 23rd of November, so the anniversary of the show, and then recorded the final words of it, oh, which is you. an absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful quote. It's such really. A I think one. it had everyone emotional, especially being our last session. 
you know, I went to switch calls me off. And then Christian played the Tenth Doctor's farewell music and followed again. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can't repeat the words I said. I have I it on voice recording, don't worry about it. You, you have my third reaction. <laughs> my first reaction was to yell your name really loudly. My second reaction was to tell someone in the room to call you a very offensive word that I haven't said twice today. And the third one was to <laughs> give you a voice note calling you an effing bellend. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> we have now. The chat exploded so much, I was really proud of that. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. It just was really unexpected because we were all processing seven speech and then that. Yeah, you're a monster. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I will say before we finish off and move on to questions that uh, just on my point of damaged goods, um, the like the audio adaptation decided to add a Torchwood reference because, of course, RTD would do that. So technically, Seven knows about Torchwood, which isn't that surprising. I mean, Five knows about Linda, so you know anything goes. Okay, let's move on to questions then. Uh, Lorne has given us a. <laughs> Don't remind me. Lorne has given us a very vague one. I'm going to ask you to do just name one thing. How would you improve Vagopolis? Cap it. No, I, I just think... cut part think... one. Yeah. Just make move, make the whole thing, tighten the whole thing up. Like Survivor could do it in three parts. Vagopolis definitely. Can I say yeah. explain the master's original plot? Like what <laughs> yeah. you plan to do? Yeah. Yeah, I do that. I think that would help. Like. like... Oh, you, you go first. No, that was it. Okay. Well, I was, all I was going to say is um, I know they originally planned to do this but couldn't because of availability issues, but I know they wanted to have Sarah, Leela, and maybe Romana to turn up at some point. And it, it, it does feel like his regeneration scene kind of loses a bit of impact with them not being there because... I don't yeah, think you can have pulled into it organically it though. <laughs> like the way, like the way the regeneration scene works and the way the episode works, I don't think you'd fit that cast in unless you really reworked the episode. They could have done. Like Romano. you've already got Nissa coming back. Like yeah. it's already. They could have done Romano. They could have done Sarah. They could have done Leela. They I mean, done any coming back is an exaggerated considering she was in the last episode. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, and the question from Hawaiian. New Who is ending, which familiar villain would you bring back? I actually have an answer for this, that wasn't my joke uh, in the chat. I, I kind of like, I don't know if I would do this, but my instinct was the Autons. To I would really book the Autons as well, actually. Oh, interesting. There you go. But I like the bookending of Rosen, where the last one's called. Yeah, yes. I don't know if it would necessarily, like, I think you wouldn't want to force that because the Autons have been used in many ways, actually, not just as a starting up New Who. Um, and I think Ness, not necessarily putting a book ending would like be the best thing, but also it's where my mind went to instead of the board. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are better ideas, but that's the one that came to mind. And I like. Yeah, if pushed to it, I would say Autons, but there are probably much better ones yeah. with some plot. To be do. honest, the master and the sidebed of the Doctor Falls, that that would have in itself could have been the final episode of New Who, and it would have worked because yeah, my God, that was a finale. <laughs> it was. I actually. I think I have two things to say. One, the Daleks have to be in it because that's how Doctor Who works. And two, um, I wouldn't mind the Zygons, actually. I know they've come back, but I think it would actually be good as well. Like tying it in with the fifth year, like going full circle would be good. Like you uh, said with Autons, but. No, not the Daleks. You go full bookending, classic Who. You bring back cavemen. Oh, the cavemen, yes. No, because that implies something's ending forever and we are not implying that. It will just have another wilderness era and it'll come back again. Yeah, no, that's what's going to happen. One, yeah, one wilderness. day it shall come back. Yes, it shall come back. Yeah. And then I think sometimes wilderness eras are good, like, for rebooting. 
I feel like Jacob right now is just hoping this podcast doesn't end and is just watching out the fact that he has to uh, close <laughs> off shortly. I'm watching it. No, for the last ever time. I know. Well, I mean, yeah, I think in a way we do need to call it there. Next week, we've got nothing. It all moves on to next year. And all I can say for now is that there are societies out there where the sky is burning, where the sea is asleep and the rivers dream, members made of smoke and CG60 is made of song. Somewhere there's danger, somewhere there's injustice and somewhere else the tea is getting cold. Go on, Husok, you've got work to do. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.